when you're starting any business, you're just far more exposed, right? Because your 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 information is just out there. Uh, you're signing up for all these different services, right? Like you're signing up for maybe payroll services or stock photography, all, like all sorts of things, right? Like if you if you tracked all the number of accounts you have, I'm sure it would kind of blow your mind. And it's just everywhere you do that, you're leaving a trail, right? So now you are susceptible to any one of those companies getting hacked. If you have advertising accounts, if you have a social media account and someone gets access to those things, it could really lock your business up, right? You, you could potentially not be able to operate. loud enough i have an external mic it's like fairly close oh, yeah. to me. does it sound okay oh your audio is great yeah and yeah, it's gonna right. sound even better too once i actually do the mixing because okay. i'll remove a lot of any kind of background or echoing or anything like that sure but yeah i i i like 71 weeks ago when we started this podcast i realized i was way better at audio engineering than i thought hmm. and i was like ah, i missed my calling I know. <laughs> There's still time. We can we can bomb with this if you want. We can. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye bye, Evergrow Marketing. Cody, good luck. <laughs> we, we've talked about this. I'm out. You're out. And I shut it down. I'm like, all right, guys. It's been real. Send out the goodbye letter. I go buy a motorcycle. I'm in Japan. I'm out. I do nothing else. <laughs> okay. So my my unique question uh, I was going to ask you guys was, how do you guys feel about professional emails? I think. From like an agency standpoint, like if you get an email from somebody, maybe it's a cold email or something like that, and they don't have like a domain-based email, like it's like agency SEO at gmail.com. How do you feel about that? Yeah. I mean, for, for me, it's a killer. Like it, it, it goes, it speaks so much to your professionalism. There, there are some um, industries where you kind of give it a pass. Like if my landscaper or something, if I know he's like a one person shop, like I'll give it a pass. Um, but it really, uh, kind of sends an indication to me of like how serious or like how established this business is. Right. Um, part of this is like prior to my time at Aura, I spent a, a lot of years at a web hosting company and, you know, we're selling domains there. And this is, you know, one of our primary pitches is, you know, if you are going to be a real business, you need to have a website and you need to have, you know, an email address uh, at your business. It just, uh, I feel like it's really, really important. There are certain lines of business I don't. I don't think I would do business necessarily, or would. It would have to take like some sort of personal recommendation for me to really feel comfortable uh, to work with that business uh, if if they didn't have that. Mm. Yeah, I think I agree. How about you? What about you, Cody? Mm, I don't know. I got. I have mixed feelings. So wait, are we just? Are we only leaving it at the the email itself? Like the email I'm receiving email from somebody in. That's all I'm basing it off of. Yeah. Or if somebody hands you like a business card and like the email on there is like a Gmail address. Yeah, no, I agree. I, then I'm entirely in agreement. Um, I think to be honest, though, if, if people are reaching out to me with like questions or or just contact stuff, because that's what I get more than anything else. Mm -hmm. the, the pitches are entirely ignored. <laughs> Jake yep. knows this. And I just tell people straight up like that, too. I'm like, look, I'm not the guy. Like if you're, if you're doing the cold email outreach, it goes straight to trash. Um, but so 
if it's just a personal and maybe that's the best way uh, this is a Cody hack, I guess is the best way to actually get a hold of me is to do a personal email and just ask a, a genuine question or something first. And then later on, if you come in too hot with the immediate pitch, I just, that's just not how I like to do things either. But, but no, I, I, I agree. I do agree at the same time. I, made I do a, have a question though. This was an offshoot, but it, oh. it was immediately in my brain. And I want to say, Jason, you said previous hosting company. Can you tell us, do you have the liberty to tell us which, or would you, will you? Yeah, of course. Uh, so it's a, it's a company called Endurance International. We owned a whole set of hosting companies. The most uh, well-known were HostGator and Bluehost are, are kind of the two. That oh, wait, this is EIG? Yeah. The, yeah, the yeah. EIG, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, okay, okay, okay. I didn't know because those are the two hosting platforms that I always recommend people go yeah. to for WordPress installation, Bluehost or HostGator. Yeah. I usually yeah. say it doesn't matter. They're like the same thing. I didn't know they were yeah. actually the same thing. Yeah, they're, they're different platforms and there's some nuances about both of the, like particularly Bluehost. They've spent uh, kind of uh, a lot of energy and effort and dollars making their, their Bluehost hosting platform kind of top notch. So um, it's been a while since I've been there, but, uh, you know, even during my time there, you know, WordPress hosting was kind of our, our, our real niche we were going after for, uh, for Bluehost. They did a good job there. I mean, they're recommended by WordPress. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I was going to say they like, they run the internet. <laughs> that's what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. That's I tell people that though. Like, you know, when we're in casual conversation, they're like, right. ah, who should I host with? I'm like, look, I, I've said this like multiple times. I feel bad now because we're not even affiliates. We're not going to get money from this, but I, I end up offering, right. I recommend it. Cause I'm like, look, if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to go, if anything happens, you're going down with half the internet. Right. Right. <laughs> that's, they run it. It's, yeah, yeah it's, it's very impressive. Yeah. yeah. There'll only be Squarespace and Wix websites left. Yeah, that's it. It's like when there's an AWS outage and like the, you can just oh, tell yeah. like half the internet is out. And... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, uh, Jason, hope you enjoyed the, uh, the, your first cold open. Yeah, it was great. Uh, <laughs> uh, so for the listener, uh, so as you know, we've got another guest on the podcast. Um, we uh, Last week, I guess for us, uh, this is going to be some mental mind gymnastics for me. For us, uh, this Friday, the Facebook app episode comes out, which is last week for you, listener. So uh, last week, we had that uh, episode come out. Where we, I talked about, I went through the whole story about how the Facebook hack happened with our uh, um our, our my personal Facebook profile. And then during that time, I immediately went to kind of like a digital identity security platform because after that, I felt super vulnerable. And then not only did I go to them, but I also reached out to partner up with them because I felt this was important enough for our listeners to also secure, help secure themselves and along with that, secure their digital agency. And what better company or guest to have on the podcast than the actual di- actual digital security experts. Um, and on top of that, we have Jason from Aura, and um, who is not only relevant to, one, what Aura is, but you also have a background in kind of the agency marketing space. Is that right, Jason? Yeah, I mean, I've been in the marketing world for uh, 20 years now. I've worked with all sorts of different agencies and uh, did, I, I, I would say I was not quite an agency, but like a one-man shop right out of college, you know, doing websites for folks and hustling however I could. <laughs> did you have your security down 
when you're right out of college? Were you? A, it was a little. It was a little suspect right out of school. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, wait. We didn't get the last name. Give the give the full. And I don't want to butcher it. Jason, can you just say your full name? So yeah, it's Jason. Like... Jason Fragoso. All right. Okay. It is, cool. It, it no, yeah. no, they have the recognition. They can. I am. I'm awful at introduction. They can attempt to, to to find you and see your security, right? Yeah. That's. Yeah. <laughs> if it was up to me, I would just say read the description for the for the introductions because I usually just like skip right over those. <laughs> so I'm just terrible at it. But Cody is the bet the better interviewer out of the two of us. But we have a format that we want to follow, and we usually like to jump into kind of your history. It gets I feel like it, sure. I feel like it gets the audience a little a little warmed up. It gets more well, familiar. Yeah, I think especially here, like. Because Aura is is not necessarily agency specific. It's bigger than that, right? I mean, you you do privacy, security online for anybody and everybody, right? But yep. you in particular, you have the the crossover experience here of where it ties into um, or where it applies for agencies in particular. I think that's what we're most excited to to blend the two. Sure. Um, because I remember checking it out, you know, after we experienced the hack. Jake was telling me about it and I was looking at it and I, and I thought, Oh, like this, this is for everybody. This is for your grandma. I mean, this is, this is a lot bigger than that, but you know, agencies, especially early on are one, one man shops, you know, uh, small teams and it, it is very personal. So, um, but yeah, uh, I will tag in and I'll, I'll start with some of the questions. And I, the first thing is you said you, you got out of college, you, you were building websites and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, after that, can you just give us like a, a quick condensed how you went from that to all the way to Aura? Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so when I went to college, uh, this is now quite a while ago, um, for folks that are kind of in their early 40s, they'll, they'll be able to follow <laughs> along here. Um, when I went to college, there, there really wasn't much of like uh, web, web development, web design courses. It was like there's graphic design, there's computer science, and there was like this web piece that was in the middle, like was was not really um, not really covered in a lot of places. Um, so I ended up going to uh, to a college in Boston called Northeastern University, and one of the things they did is uh, they have a, a big co op program there. So you spend six months working and then go to school for six months, and you you go back and forth. And for me, it felt like a, a really great spot because I wanted to to learn web design and development. I was kind of always on the creative side, but I also really appreciated the business angle as well. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do uh, getting out of school. I, I, you know, 20 plus years later, I still haven't quite figured it out. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was a way for me to learn on the job, you know, being a webmaster and doing uh, you know, doing uh, web development early on, uh, which was basically just like HTML, CSS. And then like, you know, or, you know, then it became uh, learning how to code in JavaScript a bit. And then that kind of starts to take you down a, a very different path. Um but I learned how to how to code and design kind of on my own and then on the job, right? So, you know, like I said, I had I started having some side hustles of, of building websites for businesses. I think probably the uh, one of the most fun stories was um, I was driving by a, a car dealership and they had a car that I really really wanted and I knew I couldn't quite afford it and I I, I looked up their website. I was like, this site could use some work here. Um, so uh, so I, I ended up buying the car and like paying for half of it with. Uh, with a website that I built for them, um, oh, that's so awesome. that was kind of the first time that I actually got paid for for doing doing work. Um, 
I and built a website good. for a microwave once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? I don't even know about this. <laughs> yeah. So it was in a 2020, uh, I guess, I think it was in 2021. Like, no, no, 2020, uh, March 2020. I just moved to, from my Overland Park, Kansas apartment to Kansas City, Missouri apartment with uh, my new roommate. And it didn't have a microwave. So I was like, uh, my step, or not my um my brother in law, my sister's husband, her brother, so might still my brother in law. Um, it was like, Hey, I'm starting a gym floor repair business and I need a website. I was like, Well, I can build you one. Um, what I need is though is a microwave. <laughs> <laughs> and so like I felt like the nicest microwave I could possibly find. It was like a two hundred dollar microwave. <laughs> and I was like <laughs> well, um, I padded it too, so I also got a really nice mini fridge out of it as well. Nice. So that was that was probably not half of a car, though. That's it. Cars, yeah, it was, that's impressive. I mean, I, I had to pay for half of the car, but um, <laughs> the website uh, certainly got me a much nicer car than I would have afforded otherwise. <laughs> so I was I was pleased with it, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, so uh, after school, I kind of took you know, the first job that I, 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 I could get. And, uh, it was for a web hosting company, uh, called Endurance. Um, they actually, um, were, had just transitioned. So they, they were previously called Bizland. Uh, they had this like small business focus, um, and they owned a few properties at the time. Um, but they had just kind of transitioned from a world of being ad supported hosting to, to kind of paid subscriptions. Um, and I think one of the, one of the funniest things was, um, after a little bit of time there, we had kind of grown to a hundred thousand customers and they asked me to kind of put together a, a big sign that we could put in our cafeteria that said like, you know, a hundred thousand customers and we all signed it. And, um, and we put it up in the cafeteria right next to the sign that says, 1 million customers um, because the 1 million customers was all free ad supported customers. And when we transitioned to paid customers, it was like, you were just like holding on for dear life, trying to get any of them to convert. And <laughs> none of them wanted to convert. Uh, so we worked really, really hard for those hundred thousand paid customers that could actually pay the bills. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a really great experience for me because uh, when I started there, there was probably like 25 people. They, they went from like several hundred people down to like bare bones, like 20 people. Um, and when I started there, uh, it was, I was like the first new hire in like a year. It was, it was really strange because everybody was so excited to see me because it was like, I was like the sign of hope. We're hiring people again. You know, we're, we may have turned the corner. Um, and starts, uh, you, you get in there and starts to feel like a cult because everyone's just like, right. how, how can I help you? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Please don't leave us. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was, uh, I was kind of lucky enough that, you know, they, uh, they needed a lot of help in a lot of different areas and they were happy to let me get my hands on a lot of different things. So I was hired kind of as, uh, it was a, a brand marketing job. Um, but, um, I soon was kind of managing the website, managing like the product marketing on that site. I was kind of doing anything that needed to get done. Right. Um, and I, I stayed with that company for a long time. It was, uh, early on, it seemed like I'll stick around here for a year or so. I don't know if this place is going to make it. And then little by little, you know, things kept growing and kind of moving in the right direction. I was, you know, really fortunate to have great mentors there. Um, and just it was just a kind of really scrappy bunch of people that I really liked being around and kind of solving problems with. And um, 
I ended up staying there about 15 years. So we went, uh, we were able to kind of grow and take it public and um, had a really good experience there. And then kind of the final days there, you know, I, we were probably public for maybe two or so years after I had left. Um, it's just a different world. I, I wanted to get back into kind of a startup environment. Um, I wanted to do something new. So I ended up um, kind of trying to be really selective about where I went next because at that point in my career, uh, it was kind of an easy job, right? Like you've been doing it for a long time. You start to get on autopilot. And uh, so I wanted to make sure whatever I chose next, I, I kind of um, really enjoyed. Uh, so I ended up making a very different career move. And I went to a company that uh, sold metal 3D printers. Uh, so I was kind of leading the growth team there. Um, I, uh, you know, one of the, the big attractions was uh, my boss there. He was kind of a former product manager at Apple. Uh, was a really great guy to work for. Um, and I was there for little less than a year. And, you know, my boss, after a short period of time, had left the company. We had got like, a, it was like a full new crew. Um, and uh, they had a very different vision about what they wanted to, wanted to do. And so me and my team were, were let go one day. It was, it was very shocking to me. Um, we, uh, we all thought we were kind of moving things in the right direction, but they just had a, a, di- a different, um, different path they wanted to take. And, uh, I was, I was pretty devastated. I was really gutted because I had always been kind of a top performer and it was, you know, it was a really difficult pill to swallow. Was it a uh, new position or just new people got moved in and new people got moved in. So it was a, a place that kind of had a lot of kind of political issues within the company in terms of like, I'm sure anybody who's worked in B2B understands like the, the, uh, the fights between sales and marketing and this one, this company in particular had, uh, you know, uh, really, um, it was a really difficult environment to, to operate in. And, um, when my boss left, it was like, I was his guy. And when the new guy came in, you know, he wanted to run things his way and that's, you know, completely his, uh, his prerogative. He can certainly do that. Um, and you know, he had, he just kind of cut a whole bunch of us. Um, based, based on your experience, I imagine he was, he was more, inclined to focus on sales and direct acquisition than yeah i think yeah i think it was yeah i think it was really um you know maintaining that kind of uh relationship with sales was was really really important to them and i i I felt like the whole time there was like trying to be a bridge builder and be someone who, who could compromise and um it just it just didn't work out you know like he wanted to bring in his own people and and that was fine um but it was it was tough for me uh, cause it kind of came out of, out of nowhere. Um, and, um, it was funny because when I had left, a bunch of us had kind of left endurance. The people that I came in with kind of all started going their own separate ways. Um, and a few of them had started, you know, thinking about a company they wanted to build. Uh, and they had asked me if I wanted to be a part of it. And I was like, I don't, it, it's just the seed of an idea. It's not really anything just yet. I was like, I want to, want to do this thing. Um, and, um, so when I got let go, I reached out to, you know, one of my friends and he's, I was like, so funny story, I'm available now. And uh, he was like, you got to, he's like, come in tomorrow. He's like, we want to, we want to meet with you. Yeah. Uh, and, That's awesome. and, and, and those were the founders of Aura. So like the, the founders of Aura kind of came, a lot of them came from endurance. Um, and uh, in a lot of ways, we kind of got the band back together and um it was great because I didn't. I didn't know if I would ever want to. Uh, I, I loved those people, and I 
but I didn't know if I wanted to kind of get back in in business with him again. I wanted to kind of kind of create a new path for myself. Um, but it was great meeting with him because we we you know I had a, a really great conversation with our CEO um, like that next day, and he, we just really talked candidly about kind of all the the things that we did right at Endurance, the things we did wrong, the culture you know he wanted to build at this new company. Um, and it was great. I was like, this sounds, this sounds great. And it was kind of the same thing when I started Endurance. I was like, all right, I'll give this a try. We'll see where this goes. I'm not going to you know, bank that this is going to be the place I'm going to be at for the next several years. But we'll take it day by day. And it was, you know, it was, it was rough in the beginning, right? We were starting from scratch again. Um, but uh, but how, I really... How old uh, is Aura? So I've been here for five years. So uh, we're like five and a half wow. years, basically. Um, so the the pieces like the the products that kind of underpin Aura, some of them uh, we got through acquisition. So like most of the identity protection tools that we offer come from a company that had been around since like the late '90s, literally. Um, so we acquired that um, mostly for like IP, um, and uh, that company itself has a really interesting history. Um, because when we when we started the company, we had this vision of creating a kind of a unified security suite, right? So we looked at the space and we said there are antivirus tools and password managers and VPNs, and there's all these like individual tools. Um, but most people don't have more than one of them, right? You might have identity protection or a password manager, but you don't really have all of them. And the analogy that like we, we kept coming back to is like, it's like locking your front door, but you're leaving the back door open, right? Like you're protecting, you know, part of your online uh, self, but uh, potentially being, you're, you're vulnerable in other areas. Um, and part of it is like, it's really expensive, right? It's really expensive to buy all of these tools. Um, so you choose the one that you think will help you the most and you kind of just cross your fingers, right? So um, we said, what, what if we kind of bring these things all together and not only we bring them all together and you're not just buying a bundle of stuff, like what if they actually worked with with each other, right? So there are competitors that now offer all these, basically anyone in the security space kind of starts to move this direction because they want to make more money from their customers by selling them additional services. Um, but we said, what if we start there? What if we start in the place where they're all interconnected? Um, and that way, if we have identity protection and it's doing dark web monitoring and we see that your information is on the dark web, if you're, you know, you're also using a password manager by Aura, we can automatically update your password and you don't have to do anything. Right. So if those two things are in, in kind of the same house and we can control both of them, um, we can make it very easy for the consumer um, to, to update passwords and, and help keep them safe. Like we can use intelligence from your antivirus or your VPN to inform other things and start to understand over time patterns of, of things you do online so that we can identify this looks off, right? This, this looks uncommon and, and alert you to it and be smarter about it. So. That was the idea, but it was really, really ambitious, obviously, right? And so, um, you know, we ended up starting to we we built an antivirus tool, we built a VPN that went on top of it, but that identity protection piece was really, really complicated. Um, and you know, we ended up acquiring a business uh, that had a really great identity protection tool, um, and it was kind of a perfect fit for us because it was a great product, but from a user experience standpoint it needed a lot of work. Um, so we were able to kind of take those pieces and kind of integrate it in um, and very quickly start to con continue to build on top of that. 
Um, and then from there, we really enhanced our VPN software. We, we uh, started to build more family-oriented solutions on top of it. That was kind of like the next piece was their security. But then there's this adjacency of like, if you have a family, there's some other things that are kind of specific to families that you generally care about, you know, making sure that your, your kids are, you know, seeing content that they shouldn't be or kind of monitoring their screen time, uh, things like that, that if you have a VPN, if you have, you know, uh, an antivirus tool, you can kind of control those things as part of that as well. So you could have added benefit of, of some additional kind of family focused uh, features. So um, that was kind of like the, the kind of the last piece of the puzzle that we've added, you know, over the past year. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a really interesting ride. So like I said, I've been here a little over four years. Uh, when I started, my title was marketing. It was just like just do <laughs> the marketing. <laughs> the mar- go yeah. to it, that's our that's marketing department's job, and it's just you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just, you have a door with a paper note on it that says marketing <laughs> right. department. Right. Yeah, there was definitely no like that's not my role. Like you know. Um, <laughs> You, you just do whatever needed to get done. And um, so over time, as we grew uh, early on, you know, we grew really quickly through affiliates and paid social and paid search, like the kind of real high intent traffic. Um, and then over time, we, we wanted to start, you know, really building our brand and, you know, doing more top of funnel activity. So uh, doing television, doing radio, doing influencer work. Um, and that was all stuff that was new to me. Uh, so that became kind of, uh, a big part of what I do was kind of exploring new channels, testing them out, seeing if we can grow those out. Um, and then just over time ended up, you know, where we are today, which is the the, the full direct consumer growth team kind of reports to me. So I, I, I manage that whole group. Um, and there's probably, there may not be anything on the team that I haven't already done um, and like already done here. Uh, so, you know, it's SEO, SEM, social. I'm not necessarily great at any one of those things, but um, have done them well enough to kind of uh, get myself here. Um, but uh, I've always kind of seen myself as more of like a kind of a reluctant leader. I'm, I'm you know, I, I I like to do the work. I'm really interested in the work. I didn't choose this path because I wanted to lead a big team. That's not the thing that really... Um, you know, gets me excited, but like solving problems and solving all sorts of different problems within this group is, is really exciting. And we have an amazing, amazing team. We've built a really great team. So, uh, I learned from the folks on my team, uh, quite a bit every day. So, um, so it's been great. It's been a, a, a really great ride for me and, um, really excited to, to see this. And hopefully we see this in the same way that, uh, we saw endurance, which was, you know, at some point going public or, uh, you know, getting to, uh, a really big spot, but, um, I, you know, never thought that we would kind of be in the place we are today, you know, with, you know, hundreds of thousands of customers and, you know, A-list celebrities as like our, you know, you know, it's wild. You talk, how did you get Robert Downey Jr.? Uh, was that, was that you? Did you get him in? <laughs> it, was, it was not, it was not me personally. No. But yeah, so uh, on our board, uh, we have a gentleman by the name of Jeffrey, Jeffrey Katzenberg, who's a, a titan kind of in his own right. So uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg uh, runs a uh, kind of a, an investment group called Wonderco. Um, and there's a couple folks there that you know we worked with since the beginning. Um, and one of the, the folks that work at Wonderco is Jeffrey Katzenberg, who's founder of DreamWorks. He's the father of Shrek. Um, and, uh, and, um, hero. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so working with Jeffrey, uh, you know, we, we um, were connected with, with Robert, who was kind of interesting, interested in the problem. You know, he's got, he's got a couple of young boys himself. Uh, so he's a parent. Uh, he's, he's interested in cybersecurity and kind of when he heard about the mission, um, you know, wanted to be a part of it. So uh, he ended up becoming an investor and, um, you know, he's been a, an investor and a spokesperson uh, since the beginning of this year. Uh, he's showed up to a couple company meetings, you know, on Zoom. And it's it's always like the, the reveal when we, we <laughs> the group was like mind blowing, right? Because it was like we were moving out of this COVID world where when we, you know, um, when we all started working remotely, I think a lot of companies did this where like when you have like a big company meeting, you would do like some cameo with a celebrity to like raise everybody's spirits. And like we did that a couple times with like just really, really random folks um, to just like as a fun thing to get a celebrity to like join a meeting. And then, you know, uh, when we revealed Robert, it was just like, is this real? Is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's a deep fake, you know? Oh God. Yeah. I mean, that's the funny thing. It's like whenever we do, um, ads with him on like social media, like all the comments are like, is this really Robert? This is a deep fake. This is like a giant ruse. Like people have like, uh, I haven't even run into you know, that yet. That's wild. Well, it's, it's crazy because they're like, you're an AI powered security company. This is like, you're faking Robert. Mm -hmm. Like they're going to, there's going to be some reveal like a year from now. Like people have like created like a whole story for us. <laughs> That's, this is, and, I feel like people would be desensitized to it by now with everything yeah. Ryan Reynolds does. Right. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> But sometimes, like some of these comments, I'm like, actually, that's good. I wish we had done that, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, you, just, you should sorry. comment back if you manage the social page. You should comment back. Yeah. Like, actually, that's a good idea. Thank you. <laughs> sorry, he he actually just works with us. Um, <laughs> have you have you talked to him? Then is he a cool guy? Yeah, he's a cool guy. Yeah, he's he's great. Uh, Jeffrey's great. Um, it's it's you know it's he's not really... going to say no on the podcast. No, no, <laughs> he's good. not going to be like good. no. Robert Downey Jr. is not a cool he's, guy. He's protected. He's got the security guy. He can say whatever he wants. He's totally fine. Right? So. No, he's he's great. He's a he's a great spokesperson. And like he does care about the the you know the problem, right? So it, it works that he's kind of in the sweet spot of, you know, he he's got kids and he really likes um the idea. It, it's funny because I think there are other folks like there are other Avengers that have invested in other uh security companies. Like I think um I want to say like Chris Evans is like an investor in in One Password or something. Like there, there is like a there's a whole set of them that are invested in, in a lot of these companies, which which is great. Well, what's what's his name? He did a that was that movie Black Hat that kind of flopped. Uh, I, that wouldn't surprise me if he if he did it too. I'm why yeah. liking Thor guy, right? Jake dropped off for a second. We lost him. Oh, He's back. He's frozen. He's back. Wait for it. I think the episode may have been hacked. We have had this happen once before because everything is recorded individually. It was still like it turned out okay. <laughs> yeah. Nine hours later. Here we go. My internet went out. I'm back. But the guy, I don't know. Sorry. Why was I I'm blanking on his name though? The Thor guy. Uh, Chris Hemsworth. Ah, it's another Chris. Okay. Yeah. He he did Black Hat. So like that, that seems appropriate, right? I, I remember watching the movie in theaters and then like later on learning that it didn't do nearly as well as they thought but it was interesting to say the least yeah what what does your timer say in the top left mm, 32 24 oh okay perfect mine says 33 seconds i got nervous i was like do we lose all of that because <laughs> my internet went out for like a solid minute 
And I was like, no. <laughs> but I'm back. Okay, I'm going I'm to keep rolling. Uh, yeah, do it. I don't know how to transition this. I just want to say <laughs> all of that's amazing. And I think it's super cool. And I genuinely feel that way. <laughs> like, bah, it's, it's, uh, it's so interesting. I, I feel like now I'm, I'm in my thirties. Right. And the age group now of, I remember reading a lot about more early internet stuff when I was just getting into things. And now I feel like this, this next generation of, of the, internet entrepreneur interested people are much more social heavy and video heavy. And, yeah. and that's like a, it's a, it's a world, it's a new world. And it's one that, um, we're keeping up with, but, uh, I don't even know if they, they know about companies like EIG or, or the, the history of things like affiliate marketing and what it was like in the early days when it was very wild west and, or if they uh, if they find things like the introduction to um, ransomware interesting, right? Because <laughs> because I do, and I think of things like that, especially when it relates to to this. And uh, if you're cool with it, I want I want to switch into the more direct questions of uh, uh, things that people here should just know, <laughs> and we can give them relatively straight answers. So um, you said a lot of things that I'm sure our uh listeners have heard you know vpns passwords mm -hmm. obviously um when, it, when we're talking about vulnerabilities in general if you are just starting an agency and you don't even know exactly what you need or need to be worried about or, or concerned or scared about mm -hmm. what are the top vulnerabilities that people aren't even recognizing or are aware of yeah um so I think, you know, when, when you're starting any business, right, you just, you're just far more exposed, right? Because your, your, your information is just out there, uh, in, in a, at a higher rate, right? So, um, you know, if you're, if you're starting a business, you're starting a, an agency, uh, you're signing up for all these different services, right? Like you're signing up for maybe payroll services or, um, you know, stock photography, all like all sorts of things, right? Like if you, if you tracked all the number of accounts you have, I'm sure it would kind of blow your mind. Um, and then, I mean, just to like the opening question, right? Like you're probably going to get a website. You're going to get a domain when you register a domain, unless you buy domain privacy, which if you bought it at Bluehost, I'm sure you did because we were really good at convincing you should get domain privacy. <laughs> it's, it's worth the money for sure. Um, uh, if you don't, I mean, your, in, your, your contact information is just posted. Right. Um, and so what's happening is like, you're, you're signing up for accounts in a number of different places. You're creating usernames and passwords everywhere. You're, you know, providing personal information. Um, and it's just everywhere you do that, you're leaving a trail. Right. So now you are susceptible to any one of those companies getting hacked. Right. If, and, and it doesn't have to be like a crazy hack. It just be, you know, so maybe someone within that company or, you know, maybe it's a, a support person accidentally gives someone uh, information that they shouldn't be giving. Right. Like there, there, there's social engineering that um, is uh, in a lot of ways uh, equally effective as just being flat out hacked. Right. Everybody thinks of like, you know, some guy in a black hoodie, like in a dark room, like hacking companies, like there's, that's one way, but there are many, many others um, that are, that are kind of, uh, much more convenient and don't really require anybody to have a special uh, technical skill set. But um, 
you're leaving these little pieces of information everywhere. And the, and the challenge is just because generally people are lazy um, is, you know, you, you don't end up using unique passwords and you don't use like good password hygiene for all those different services. And you start to have these connective threads between things, right? Um, Jason just called me lazy. <laughs> I, I, I'm lazy for the bunch. So, um, but, uh, you know, it's it's very it's very difficult to have unique passwords across a number of different services, and then those passwords require capitals and lowercase and special characters and numbers. And before you know it, you start creating like consistent patterns right across those things. Like you're using your dog's name and a dollar sign and your birth date. And you're using all these common pieces, right? Um, so sometimes they're just easy to bust on their own. But like if if you get access to one of those it's far easier to get access to all all the other things right and if you're if you're running an agency like you you're just more susceptible because there's more accounts um, but then also like you're you're just more of a target too right so um, you know if it, you know you mentioned ransomware right so if you have advertising accounts if you have a social media account and someone gets access to those things it could really lock your business up right you, you could potentially not be able to operate. So that's leverage for a hacker to be able to, to get those things. So, you know, what we really want to do is avoid this from ever happening in the first place, right? So, you know, that's why within our, our kind of set of products, we have things that kind of monitor for these things, whether these things happen at all, but also tools like password managers and VPNs that hopefully prevent them from happening in the first place, right? We want to avoid the issue uh, ever, ever happening. So, um, you know, it, it's, uh, you know, I always say like kind of to me, the easiest thing to work on is like just passwords, right? If you have a, a password manager, um, that will help you quite a bit um, because the password is the key. And, you know, hopefully we're moving to a world where like passwords go away. Like maybe there's, you know, biometrics and, you know, using fingerprints and things like that. But um, having good password hygiene, using two-factor authentication, you know, wherever you can, like that's going to go a long way. Like whether this episode <laughs> inspires you to try Aura or not, like, do those things get always yeah. use 2fa you know and 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 try there's free password managers out there like try those if you if you don't want to try aura um you know our pitch is that it's all included and you know, you're going to get so much more than just a singular password manager um but those go a really really long way so i didn't i didn't even know that like aura at first i didn't even know that aura like monitored my passwords mm -hmm. and usernames yeah. Like just across across the web, um, I ended up switching to Aura's password manager because I used another password manager who that was free, and mm -hmm. then was moving to a paid model. Like every other password mm -hmm. manager out there, I'm like, well, if I'm already paying for Aura for the digital security component of it, I might as well just use the password manager. And then, uh, literally, like starting to do that, it was like getting notifications that was basically saying like, Hey, one of your passwords that you use in the password manager was found in a data leak. And I'm like, Oh, well yeah. <laughs> we should change that one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not uncommon. So like if you, if you have like a Gmail address that you've been using for a long time, I guarantee when you, when you sign up and it, and it runs a scan on it, it will find something. Um, and it may not be a threat, right? It may be it finds some old account and you're not using that password anymore and you're, you're generally okay. Um, but it's, uh, it's uncommon, actually, that you, know, you sign up and we don't find something. Um, 
you know, there are free services like uh, Have I Been Pwned is like probably the one of the most popular ones. Um, you can plug in your email address there. It will look for like old uh, data breaches. Um, our tool does that and then some, but it, it's doing that on a regular basis for you, right? Like it's doing that plus looking at a whole bunch of different areas across different things, not just your email address, right? So when you sign up, it's your email address, all the things that you use to sign up, so your credit card number, your social security number. Uh, we're able to look at those things. But anything else that you want to uh, monitor, you can plug into the tool, right? So uh, if you've ever um, done like uh, one of those like Google searches on yourself where it's just like get a Google alert whenever your name is found, mm. like think about that, but looking in the dark web, you know, the, um, in, in, in a number of different places, to see if your your social is there, your passport number, driver's license Whoa. number, anything you you know want to want to kind of search. I saw you you can even monitor like membership cards, and I was like, I want to know who's putting their Costco membership into this thing. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> that, that's someone who's going real real deep. Um, but uh, you can certain we can certainly look for those as well. Um, I, Lauren signed me up for AARP. Yeah. Uh, she lied about my age <laughs> and said, and so now I just get like tons of AARP mail. Yeah. And so maybe I should put my AARP membership in there to see if yeah. that's getting out. <laughs> oh, hey, quick, quick, uh, question because yeah. everybody, I hope everybody listening knows this, but in case they don't, what is the dark web? So, um, so the easiest way to kind of think about it is there is essentially like an internet that exists that. Uh, doesn't use domains in the way that you think about using domains, right? So instead of going to google.com, uh, there's if you type in an IP address, you can also go to google.com, right? So th think of it as like an unlisted internet, right? And um, that's where people kind of buy and sell personal information. Uh, there's lots of other shady things that happen there, right? It's it's essentially mm -hmm. like the the web as if uh, you you have to kind of be in on the club and know how to find that address, right? It's just not easily searchable. Um, and this is probably like the, the the most basic, you know, description of it, but it's the way that, you know, I think people can, can understand is that there there's essentially an internet. It's Think of it as the upside down, right? Of like stranger things, right? So it's like a whole other world there. Um, that you can't easily search, but people are kind of buying and selling information. They're doing all sorts of terrible, terrible things there um, uh, because it is generally untracked. Um, and, uh, you know, that's where if some, you know, you can kind of buy all sorts of uh, information. Uh, you, there are like standard going rates of like, hey, how much is a, is a credit card number? How much is like a full, um, you know, identity of someone's like health information? You can buy like basically a whole file of somebody um and uh you know people th these data breaches are kind of like building up that kind of uh i don't want to say rolodex because i think i don't know if people really, really understand that reference <laughs> 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 I've never had a well, rolodex, we, but. we we saw like i think like a lot of businesses know this but as soon as you like incorporate and yeah. as soon as you start putting information out on a website. So, this, yeah. I mean, this is a good this is a good point to, like, those unprofessional email addresses that we had in the mm -hmm. cold open. Which is like, as soon as you start a business, one, uh, you've got a lot of information that's already out there. You know, maybe you're, uh, you know, you're protect Some of it's protected because of your LLC. Um, but if not, uh, if you didn't listen to episode one and didn't get an LLC and you're just operating under a sole proprietorship uh, as an agency, 
which you can do, or like as a freelancer, and then you set up your own website and now you've got your email and phone number up there. I mean, that's up for free grabs. So if you're also not getting like a, a specific business phone line or a specific business email, um, and you're putting that stuff out there, it's everybody's got it now. And all it takes is a very simple crawler to, to grab it. So, um, even with this, like I know, Aura doesn't doesn't really cater to the business side of things, but it's it's more about personal security and and even like family security. But I use it for business. I mean, especially for agencies, you when and small agencies like when you're a small agency or a freelancer, you are the agency. So your personal security is absolutely imperative for the security of your agency. Um, I, I always think of this like, imagine like you you held all of your client contracts, all of your client billing, all of your client everything in one area, and then your email gets hacked. Not even the email to the applications that you're logging into, but your email gets hacked. Because if your email gets hacked and they're in your email, they can recover everything else you got. And it, this like wasn't really a concept to me until the Facebook hack that we talked about last week. And that was kind of like, oh, like my face, my personal Facebook hack, not even an email, just a ha- the Facebook hack shut down our agency's Facebook operations at like 100%. And not only that, but damaged our credibility because now it's like, oh, the agency that got hacked. That doesn't, doesn't sound too great. Um, so, but yeah, I, I wanted to make that like super apparent, but also I'm monitoring. So like you can monitor emails, whatever emails you have. Um, I was showing Cody this, but I've actually, I'm monitoring our employees emails as well. So I don't just have my emails in there. I also have, um, the uh, employees and the team members emails in there too. So if, if their emails have been leaked or if their uh, or if like their, if their emails were leaked, I know the first thing that I'm going to do is tell them to go change the passwords. Because I don't know what their passwords are, but if their emails are leaked, chances are the passwords could be as well. For sure, for sure. And, and just to, to clarify one thing, um, so I don't get fired. Um, <laughs> so I, I work on the direct consumer side, um, and so we, we focus on kind of you know individuals that want to buy the product or families that want to buy the product. Uh, we do have kind of a partnership and employee benefit side as well. So um, just like you would buy know. you know get health insurance you know through your employer, um, we work with MetLife as kind of our key partner there uh, to provide you know identity insurance basically to you know provide our product uh, to to employees as well. So like an employer can buy it for all of their employees uh, or have some relationship where they do a discounted plan for for employees. It's usually what? for larger organizations. Um, but even if, if you're a small smaller organization we can do kind of like you know in, individual deals where you you can buy for all of your your employees uh, and get a discounted rate for kind of a bulk purchase. Um, I was I was just thinking about um, I was like wow this would be really good to be able to provide to like our employees um, and then like thinking of how to facilitate that but you answered that yeah just give us a call we'll we're, we'll be happy to, to hook you up. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's becoming a more and more common thing, right? Like, so I think one of the one of the stats we have on our our site is it just talks about like the amount of um, assets that have been kind of stole stolen through uh, identity theft, and it's like ten point three billion. It's like some absurd number. Um, <laughs> but what's really interesting is that um, we crossed a threshold recently where. Um, more there's a higher value of things that are stolen essentially digitally than physically. 
Um, and if you think about your house, like if you think about my house, I have camera on my doorbell. We have cameras on the house. I've kind of turned into a little bit of a tinfoil hat person. Um, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just like technology. So it just worked out. And I think that was the thing. It was convenient. I like to have gadgets. So, um, you know, but a lot of people have these cameras around their house. So it's like you're investing in like the physical security, but like you're far, far more likely uh, to have your identity stolen or, you know, have assets stolen more than someone is going to come in and break, break in your house. I hope neither of those things happen. Um, but if you think about generally where, where people are investing, they're investing in that physical security and not at all in their, their digital security. Um, and, and, you know, if you, if you understand the stats, you would say that that investment is misplaced, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there's a better spot for it. And, and frankly, sometimes people, it's funny when people think about purchasing our products, you know, some people will say, you know, that's really expensive. I can't afford that every month. And then other people who have gone through an experience are like, I will pay whatever it costs. Like it's, it's valuable, right? Um, it's like, there's no way. There's no way you guys are. I mean, I would never look at your guys' prices and say that you're yeah. expensive at all. Right. I mean, I pay what, 60 bucks a month for my home security and right. you're a fraction of that. Right. So, you know, we're going to be significantly less than that. And if you have a family plan, so I think the family is like actually one of the like secret values of, of, of our product set um, because you can have, I think it's like six adults you can put on your, your family plan. Um, so I, on my family plan, I have my wife and I, but I also have my parents, right? So if something were to happen to them, you know, I can help them. Um, but they get their own logins, like they get their own kind of information. And then I have two kids, right? So I have... I have them on there. I have my parents. And there's a lot of people that are kind of in this like in-between age that, you know, that I am where their parents are just not as digitally savvy as, as you are. Um, so it helps to be able to kind of keep an eye out for them um, and, uh, and make sure that, you know, they're safe and you feel good about it. I got, I got a question I feel like should have asked, been asked a lot sooner just because yeah. we've, we've answered it. Um, and I want to say, I want people to hear it as simply as we can too. It's almost like a plug, but I just want you to be able to say it, uh, as, as directly as, as simply as possible. What are the features of, or broken out? And I specifically noted here, like the email monitoring, asset monitoring, password manager, VPN, well, if yeah. I'm missing it, I'm critical. And, <laughs> and, and then what, what do those things cover you for or protect you from? Because like you said, sure. People might know. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid we might have some really dedicated people. I hope. You know, well, we we know we know our retention numbers are good. Right. That, that have gotten this far, and they're like, ah, "This is cool," and I'm still confused, and I don't know what all these individual right. things do or mean. Yeah, so. I mean, so th- there there are a lot of pieces to it, right? So um, think about it as like protecting your identity. So there's identity protection, which kind of uh, monitors your credit, monitors your dark web information. Um, you get identity insurance as part of that. So if someone were to steal your identity, you know, you get on an individual plan, a million dollars of insurance to, to help you recoup that on a family plan. I think it's $5 million. Um, so there's kind of this identity protection aspect. And then there's other tools that you're, you're probably familiar with. So there's password manager. Uh, so keep your password safe. You know, when you're logging into something online, you get a little, you know, little browser extension, little widget that helps you log in. So you don't actually have to know the password for everything. It will auto generate a password for you. I think one of the things that's unique about our services, um, there's a handful of, you know, uh, online tools like banks and, and other services where 
we can actually automatically change the password for you if it was breached. Uh, we can't do that everywhere, but we've kind of selected a, a handful of really critical you know, sites where uh, where we can do that. So there's Password Manager. Uh, I may have said AV. It's short for antivirus. So I think uh, most folks understand what antivirus is, but it's kind of scanning for malware uh, on, your, on your device. Um, so that could be... Uh, it's mostly for your desktop device, right? So you can put it on an Android phone. You cannot put it on uh, an iOS device. iOS does not allow for uh, antivirus tools. They they kind of lock down that system. Um, but if you have an Android device, it will scan your Android device. Or if you have a Windows PC or a Mac computer, um, it will scan that. Um, Wait, it'll do Mac, but it won't do iOS? It will do Mac, but not iOS, yeah. So you can get antivirus oh. for Mac, but, but not, a, not a phone or, or an iPad, yeah. It's not allowed. Oh, weird. Yeah, they, <laughs> Apple's like, nah, nah, we stopped that at the phone. Right. I mean, that's uh, you know, that's kind of baked into their their pitch, right? Is that uh, you're you're safer on their devices because they they lock things down. Um, but not a Mac. But not a Mac. <laughs> not a Mac. Um, nope. <laughs> so, and I, I think a lot of people that are that are Mac users, are like I'm a Mac user, so I don't I don't have to have antivirus, right? Um, and that's sort of true. Like you're you're. You're, I would say you're less susceptible, but you're not you're not totally safe, right? Like you can still go to a website and download something you shouldn't. Um, <laughs> and um, if you if you have an antivirus tool, uh, we will we will scan that download as it's coming in to make sure that it, it's safe. So um, so there's kind of uh, what we call protecting devices, which is antivirus and VPN. So I think uh, probably a lot of your listeners understand VPNs in that like. You can route your traffic into uh, a different country. That's not exactly the kind of what we're going for. So our use case is more if you are over public Wi-Fi, or frankly, if you're anywhere, right? Like you could be in your house, and it's still still good practice to have it turned on. Um, but ours is like a very lightweight VPN um, that basically in- encrypts all of the, the the data that's coming in and out of your 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 Wi-Fi, right? It's protecting that connection. Um, you know, a lot of our listeners too are are I would say almost like nomadic. Yeah. So like they they move all over the place. But you know, being able to have that VPN because a lot of times people are gonna be working in coffee shops or yep. working on the beach or whatever. And I don't know if there's Wi-Fi out there, but um, at least wherever they're working at publicly, they can just flip that VPN switch on and not have to worry about uh, any of their stuff being seen. Correct, and if, and if it's not on, so if you 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 know if you have the Aura app on your your Android or or iOS device, um, it will alert you if you're on public Wi-Fi. If it if it recognizes that you're on an unsecured Wi-Fi, it will just send you a little notification that's like you're on unsecured Wi-Fi. Would you like to secure it? Basically, you just click a button and it will switch on the VPN and you just move on with your life. Um, but it's it's you know it's super valuable if you're traveling a lot or if you're just you're spending a lot of times in coffee shops and. Uh, and using free Wi-Fi, right? Uh, nothing in life is free, I guess. So, um, so that's uh, another big piece. And then there's some privacy aspects. Uh, so VPN is also a bit kind of privacy focused, but we have something um, called Privacy Assistant. Sometimes you'll hear us talk about it as Data Broker Opt Out. So there's all sorts of shady companies out here that are kind of buying and selling your your personal information, and they're selling it to to folks that want to market to you and do all sorts of things. Um, and, uh, and, and if you've ever Googled yourself, there's, there's all sorts of like people finder sites, um, as well. So like the Spokios of the world and people finder, and there's kind of a lot of those, um, kind of a little bit shadier businesses. Um, 
it's it's with every one of those you can request independently to have your data removed right so like you can there's a do not call list like a national do not do not call list um there are all these independent data brokers and if you go to them independently they usually have some spot on their website that says like remove my information and you can request that it's removed but you probably don't even know how many of the, these things are out there um and then same thing with the people search sites. There are so many of these, these sites that frankly just seem to pop up overnight. Um, and you can have your data removed. Like legally, you can ask them. Um, but with our product, what we do is you put in your information and you usually by default, people uh, have this service enabled and it will remove you from all of these things. And it will remove you every single month. It will check to see if it went back on the list and remove you, right? Because you can ask for your data to be removed. But if they somehow get it again, uh, as does happen, um, you would have to request again. You wouldn't know that it's there. Um, so this will remove you over and over and over again. Um, so, you know, every month I get an email and it's like, we removed you from XYZ. It's all these different sites that I have no idea what they are. Um, but it's, you know, different folks that are buying and selling my information. Um, and that's something that like people, Sometimes people see that feature. There's a whole bunch of features in the product that people are like, I would pay for just that. Like that is the thing <laughs> that I want. Um, and uh, yeah, I swear my spam calls like got lower after yeah. like the, the couple of months that I've been on. Because as soon as I signed on, like literally within two days, it was like, or or requested to remove your information from right. this data broker or requested to remove yeah. your information from this data broker. And so I was like, oh, that was a question right. I had was, yeah. does this also potentially benefit you with even things like direct mail or is it not? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, okay. I, definitely, definitely direct mail. Um, I mean, you, you're still going to get letters in the mail for if you have a credit card with somebody or if you have a Kohl's account or whatever, like you're going to get you're going to get catalogs and whatever but um, those are generally things that you've opted into in some way now, um, you know who yeah. doesn't though is panda express but we're still <laughs> waiting and hoping but they don't do anything for me i go but i support them so much don't even have no reward system no no discounts no cody's single-handedly supporting the panda express business in iowa city Oh, I love them so much. <laughs> well, hopefully they, hopefully they hear this and they give you a little kickback. Shout out Panda Express. Yeah. You guys want to sponsor? <laughs> Let's go. Um, yeah. It's Sorry. funny. Like a, a few weeks out. ago, a few weeks ago, um, we had like three straight days where I went to the mailbox and there was like nothing there. And my wife was like, is the mailman forgotten us? Like, is he? <laughs> and I was like, no, or it's working. Um, <laughs> It is uh, as someone who likes to go to their mailbox and it's like, I work from home. So it's like one of the like highlights of my day is like getting out of my office and like going to see if there's anything in the mailbox. Um, you know, uh, you might not like this product cause I go there and the only thing that's there is like my credit card bill. They're just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All you're just all your bills. It's just my bill. <laughs> it's just like, hope you enjoyed your work break. Yeah. Here's a bill. Right. And it's like, I could go paperless, but then I would, you know, it would be this, even the sadder trip, I guess. I would um, not pay bills if I was all paperless. <laughs> do you do a lot of last. online shopping though? Like, do you get a lot of packages? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, you, that's the solution. You just, you just got to buy more. <laughs> no, yeah. No, my, my house is like, you know, the, the Amazon guy knows me quite well at this point. So we call them presents here when they yeah. show up, I'll be like, yeah. you got a present, Jenny, just right. cause that's fine. Right. I mean, you work yeah. from home and like, it's like you said, when something comes, it feels yeah. like a present. Even if you bought it for yourself, you're yeah. just like, yeah, all right. Somebody bring me something. 
it's like sometimes, sometimes I want to split out my purchases like over a couple of days. So it's like they, like, yeah. <laughs> but they're, they're always like, Amazon's always like, do you want to combine your boxes for one ship? I'm like, no, I want to spread out because right. I want to be happy multiple days. <laughs> <laughs> one more and more, just a couple empty boxes would be fine too. Um, but yeah, so we, we remove you from data broker lists as well, which is, which is a great feature. Um, we have a feature that's uh, relatively new to the product set, which is called uh, Call Assistant. So uh, if you have a smart device, um, which most of us have at this point, uh, we can filter your calls coming in. So um, people, some, some folks understand what like, um, like live voice messages are. Like, uh, like Google Pixels have had this for a little while and, and Apple's kind of recently added this where like when the call comes in, you can like see the text of what someone is saying if they're leaving your voicemail. Um, so what, what our product does is if there's different filtering settings, but the most common one is if you're not on someone's contact list, you'll get this call assistant that is either your voice with like a little message saying like, can you tell me what you're calling for? Or there's like a digital voice that will, will say, you know, you've reached Jason's phone, you know, what can we do for you? Um, and the person says what they're calling for. And there's kind of this like, you know, voice to text transcription that happens. And we scan that to see if there's any patterns of potential scams, right? So if you're calling and it's like, hey, we're calling from the IRS, uh, you know, Jason owes a bunch of money and yada, yada, yada. And it follows a certain script. Like most of these scams like follow up kind of a pattern, right? Um, if we identify that pattern, we won't send the call to you. We'll store that recording and we'll let you know, here's the recording. This is a potential spam call. Um, and you'll never have to see that. If it's someone calls in and it's, hey, you know, we're calling from, you know, my kid's school. Uh, I'll get that message and, you know, it'll say, you know, this is the, the school and it's likely not spam. Um, and it, it'll send it to me and I can accept those calls as they, as they come in. So um, it just acts as like a kind of a buffer between me and the potential scammers. And if there are things that are obvious scams, it just like kicks them out. Um, and uh, so that's, that's one of our newest features uh, that will soon be coming to text as well. Um, you know, I think a lot of people get, I get all sorts of like fake FedEx deliveries and things like that, where you, you see like, Here's a FedEx shipping, and you, you you look at the like the the link on it, and you're like that is that is not legitimate. Um, but they're really hard, right? Like, I mean, even someone who's feels like they're tech savvy and they're like you know, security aware uh, is uh, it's easy to fall for these things, right? Because they're they're really really good. And sometimes it's just like the the, the dot is in the wrong place, and you're like, man, that was would have been really easy to fall for. Um, so it just adds like another another line of protection. So th those are all the pieces that are part of like our security suite. And then if you have kids um, and you want parental controls, there's a couple other things as well um, to monitor your kids online. So making sure that they're seeing age appropriate content, uh, monitoring their screen time. Um, I my son is 14 and he plays a lot of you know Roblox and Minecraft and games where there's kind of a, kind of interaction and, and community. Um, if you're playing those on a Windows computer, we can also scan those uh, and we can scan the conversations that happen within those games. Um, so if we identify um, uh, both text conversations and, and, you know, voice conversations that look like, you know, predatory or, you know, cyberbullying, uh, the parent will get an alert about that message. 
um, and you can react to that as well. So we're really building up that set as well to kind of keep your kids safe online. And um, and I think the, the approach that we've generally taken is like, there's staying safe online where you're just like, don't do it. Just don't do these things, right? And as a parent, you start to understand like, that's not a viable solution all the time, right? Like, I can tell my kid to not play this game, but if all of their friends are playing it, like, it's like social suicide to them to not not want to do that right um so we try and find ways to, to kind of make those things safe right like we don't we don't want you to just kind of like unplug and disconnect from anything because like the internet's amazing and there's so many great things to to kind of get out of it so um we we try and build technology that will help you like live with uh you know with with the benefits of these things but help you know reduce the downside yeah really becoming the full suite there yeah thank you thank you said so, well, we're getting to a point where we should probably wrap up. So I think, um, well, Cody, unless you had anything you wanted to, to piggyback on. You'd be surprised. I actually shut up for a second because I was like, Jake usually has questions at the end that aren't <laughs> written that he's going to throw out. So I'm going to say nothing. But other than the, the a final plug, I had one question, though, because yeah. I liked how you said you're kind of like a reluctant leader. How do you feel about being on podcast then? Is this fun for you? <laughs> Or yeah, were you were you pushing into this? <laughs> um, so I generally I, I generally don't do these things. Um, uh, you know, I, uh, I I've always been someone who's kind of struggled with anxiety growing up, uh, and, and, and um, I I try to push myself into doing things I don't necessarily want to do. Um, and um, I think when I when I heard your show and I met you guys, like it felt like this is this would be a, a good conversation. It's, it's not, uh, me standing on a, on a Ted stage. Um, but, uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a good conversation, but, but yeah, I mean, I think, um, honestly, I feel like a lot of most of my mentors and like my, my great bosses in my career, I probably would also say are probably reluctant leaders as well in a lot of ways. Right. Um, the, the um, just when I, when I got into business and when I, when I kind of, uh, going throughout this path, I never said to myself, I want to be a CMO. I want to be a CEO. It was always like, I'm really interested in this technology. I'm really interested in learning more about this. Um, so I always kind of come at it from like, I, I just want to learn and, and, and do interesting things and keep myself excited. Um, so yeah, I mean, this was, this was really fun. I, I, I would say I, I don't know if I got fully pushed into this. I, I did. Go <laughs> it was teed up like, "Hey, I'm about to push you into this," and I was like, "No, no, no, that sounds cool. I'll do that." Um, I, have, I have a word for this. We call it well-intended bullying. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. Um, uh, well, you can push Robert Downey Jr. into doing this with us too. <laughs> I would like to push him to do to do a lot of things. Um, <laughs> like Rob, Robert, I got your next big gig. All yeah. right, it's a free, it's an right. paid gig, right. but it's promoting it's promoting your software. <laughs> he, he tends to have a pretty busy schedule, unfortunately. Like he's a, he's a little bit more tied up than I am. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, cool. I'll see what I can do. I will, I will send him a text. We'll see what's going on. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I figured it'd probably just be good to, um, give us an idea how people can get started with aura. Yeah. Um, you know, I know you guys have a free trial. There's a special Everbros deal. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, if you want to support the show and you've liked the things that I've said today, or you're just kind of curious about how the product works um you can go to aura.com so that's a-u-r-a uh that's one of the things i've learned here is that not everybody knows uh 
uh, how to spell that or what that word is. Um, so there's a there's a brand tip for you if you're coming up with a uh, you know an agency name. Try and find something that's easily easy, easy to spell. Um, <laughs> and people from different regions in the country say it the same way. We had uh, we worked with some some influencers and they kept saying Aurora and I'm like, that is a, that is a different word. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's Aura, A-U-R-A. Um, and if you go to Aura.com slash Everbros, uh, you can get, uh, get a free trial there and you'll help support the show uh, when you, when you do that. Um, but we offer a, a 14 day free trial. Um, when you get the free trial, it's just like using the full featured product, right? So you can do everything in that, that free trial. Um, Honestly, like if, if you just want to try it, you can try it and it will remove your data from data brokers. Like it'll like you'll get a month's, you know, basically benefit of some of these, these things. Um, so I definitely suggest uh, giving it a shot. Um, and, uh, you know, we have a discount as well when you go through that link. So you'll get um, whether you choose to buy an individual plan or a family plan, there's different discount rates for all those. Uh, you save even more when you buy an annual plan. So um, that's typically what our customers do is they'll buy an annual plan. Uh, a lot of times we'll start with a free trial. Um, we have a really, really great support team. So if you sign up with a product and you're like confused of how it works, you know, feel free to give us a call. Um, happy to happy to help people out. Uh, if you're not really tech savvy, that's also a good way to <laughs> go about it too. We'll walk you through, you know, how to use things or you know, set up your your call assistant on your phone, things like that. So, um, but yeah, if you go to if you go to that web address, you'll you'll find all the information on the product. Um, there's a couple things I think that, you know, differentiate us as well. Uh, so within the product, we try and make all of the plans like fully featured, like a lot of companies will do like the starter plan, the pro plan, the ultimate plan and all, you know, and you're, you're doing like, you know, analysis of like, what do I need from this one and that one? We try and make it simple. We've tried to stick to the individual couple family. So it's just like, how many people, who do you want to protect? And if you know the answer to that question, it should be fairly easy to uh, sign up. If you sign up for an individual, you can always add people later too. So if you if you want to try it for yourself and add your wife or kids and you know whatever, uh, you can certainly do that in the future. The other thing that we don't do is we don't raise your price on renewal, um, which is like a really big deal. If you if you buy things online, um, you're, you're buying subscription services. Look at the fine print. You're generally like you might find a cheaper product that's you know ten bucks a month, and then year two it's you're paying fifty bucks a month, right? Um, so, you know sometimes we are a little bit more expensive than competitors, but it's like that's the price, right? So we've we've tried to kind of simplify in in a lot of different ways, and pricing was one of those where we just the price is, is what it is. Um, so give it a try. Uh, order dot com slash everbros, um, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Awesome. Well, guys, uh, Jason, thanks for uh, uh, joining with the Everbros podcast. It, it, was, it was good to have you on and actually have someone who's an expert in digital security uh, or, and, and has a little bit of background on, in the uh, agency marketing space. Um, uh, stick around. I just got to let these, we got to let these files uh, upload all the way. But um, uh, if you guys want to support the show, like Jason said, go to the link below, get the free trial, do the scan, see how you like it. Uh, if you don't want to sh- support the show, I don't even know why you're listening. So <laughs> you're you're like an hour and a half into this podcast and you're like, nah, I'm not going to support them. <laughs> I won't use the link. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. See you. See you.
Act is not a joke, Jim. Millions of families suffer every year. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! 